Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Trucking Driver Podcast. Here with me today is our Irishman in Australia, Paul O'Callaghan, and I believe it could be for the last time in Australia. Paul, how are you doing? Where are you at the moment? Uh, very good, Dougie. Very good, thanks. I'm up in the place called Catherine in uh, the Northern Territory of Australia. So um, we've got a depot up here. It's uh, Catherine, it's about three hours, maybe three, three and a half hours south of Darwin. So um, we have a base up here and uh, we brought cattle up from, from Western Australia up into the Northern Territory and um, unloaded those. And so I'm just back here getting a bit of maintenance done. Um, we came up from Western Australia on a lot of uh, a lot of pretty rough off-road routes up through um, from Halls Creek up through the the Duncan Road, the famous Buntine Highway, across the Buchanan Highway. Um, when, when these roads are called highways, but they're, they're actually not highways. They're, uh, we had about 600 kilometres of, of dirt running. And um, just to give you an example, the worst of it was from uh, a famous pub called Top Springs. And uh, it took us through 180 kilometres from there across to Dunmara. It took us six hours. So we left it. Si- to do just over 100 miles. Uh, basically, right. yeah. So the corrugations, which um, were pretty self-explanatory what a corrugation is, but um, basically they're just caused by, you know, the amount of traffic you have. And I think the graders had been through there and graded it to a pretty good standard. Uh, and within about two weeks, because there were so many trucks on it, it just um, really deteriorated. So uh, there was a couple of us running across, and um, after about, say, the f- I, I let one of the other trucks pass me out because I felt like I was holding him up. And no sooner had I done that than he was pulled in front of me and had a, he had burst um, a radiator hose. So we had a spare one, put that in, and then went another while. And it was, yeah, we had sort of all, all sorts of problems and dramas. And, and uh, you know, it was just one of those nights when you just wanted, you just wanted to be, you wanted to end. and. I couldn't wait just to get back onto the back onto the tarmac, but um, it's like a friend of mine said. You know, he said, uh, "You you never remember the the easy the easy nights. It's always when you have problems and and hard." No. I said, "Yeah, because it's, it's a nightmare. You don't forget nightmares, you know." <laughs> so were you running? Were you running at night? Is that because of the temperature in the daytime? Um, no. Well, we, we we had we had we had started off. You know, we loaded that morning at, at five a.m. and this is this is um, you know we were going. Uh, we started loading at five and probably got going at half six and we were going until until midnight that's we have a midnight curfew so from midnight to to uh, 6 a.m all the trucks have to stop regardless of what's happening so you'll obviously try and do as much as you can in that space of time whatever you have i don't know 17 hours or something i think we're allowed to allowed to work in, in you know or, or sorry drive um yeah but it's the only problem with nighttime is that the dust hangs in the air so the the wind dies down generally at nighttime and um, the the dust hangs in the air. So on top of the on top of the corrugations, and and you're you're kind of just concentrating all the time. You know, you're actually just sort of dreaming about driving on, on a nice smooth bitumen road. Uh, and then just to kind of add to the the misery of all that, then you have the dust which is hanging in the air. So it's such like a real thick fog, despite the fact that you may have let the truck in front of you leave um you know ten minutes in front of you or something. So, but uh, yeah, I suppose it's good. Maybe good to look back on it in hindsight, but when you're in the moment, it's, uh, you know, it's not that great. <laughs> no, I can imagine. It's like I said, that scene from Convoy where they all go and cut off the main road. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Just, how long does it? How long do the air cleaners last on the last on the trucks? Do you have to like you're changing filters on them all the time? Yeah, the um, to, every what is it? I think every two hundred and fifty hours, the um, the trucks are serviced, like so they don't go on kilometers at all. Uh, kilometers is always on as always on hours you know and i suppose it's a lot of hard kilometers yeah and so it's you know they have the they have those high those high snorkels you will see some uh, some trucks like we'll say in the kenworth there's particular models you can get that don't have those high air breathers you know coming up the front corners of the windscreen like yeah. the, you know the, the, the what is it the 609 and a few of those models but definitely having the having the higher air cleaners is is an advantage anywhere so they say uh, so what's what's your plans then? Are you parked up for the? Are you parked up for the night now? What's yeah? What's so, what's coming up next? Do you turn and head back down again with different cars? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So generally, you'll always well, you'll always be loaded. Um, coming up from from WA Western Australia up into the territory, and th- those cattle we actually picked up, um, they've got a pretty big journey ahead of them. So, um, I think in one of those uh, trucking 
team truck and driver um, updates I did for you. I was explaining how there was such, such a shortage of cattle over in the over in the east of Australia, and now that they've had so much rain, they're just constantly trying to restock. And this has been going on for months and months. So, like those cattle we brought from Western Australia, we'll bring them to the Northern Territory. Someone else will bring them. You know, they'll be spelled, rested, rested for a couple of days. Someone else will bring them to um, Queensland and then down to New South Wales. So they, they go on a really big um, journey. So the, the, the trouble is trying to find loads then to get you back uh, to WA. So a lot of times you run most of the way back empty. But um, I think we have, uh, there are cattle over in Wyndham, which which is only, we'll say, it might be about five hours from, from where we are here. And then we'll load those back to... Um, back to Broome but uh, at the moment uh, sometimes you'll have to wait like you might spend a few days waiting it's worthwhile waiting to get a load but I've actually have a pretty long list of repairs to do as well so um, I've got an ad like uh, these on these Euro 5 engines Dougie uh, the uh, AdBlue is a big problem you're always getting sensors um, mm-hmm. falls coming up and so the truck actually um, the truck's actually derated and, and we, we had a look at what it is it's does it underneath you've got a big muffler box underneath the kind of you know part of the exhaust the little sensor on the top of the sensor has broken the weld mm-hmm. so that's falling into it so that's that's a big repair job i've got an air uh, bracket on an air tank which is underneath the cab that's that needs to be re-welded and and probably more stuff that i don't even know about so the good thing is we have a base here so uh we'll get we'll get all that work done and yeah serious work on it and that's it you're back in the truck you're back in is your old faithful yeah that's Kenworth the one that you spent a lot of that's time right in yeah yeah like. get, get a bit of an attachment to it now yeah so that's um 20 well late late 13 early 14 kenworth t909 it's got um they're all double drive obviously it's got a hendrickson arse end as they call it hendrickson um rear air suspension so a lot of them a lot of the trucks will have uh saf holland kind of a new way airbag suspension which is pretty tough and and is has has proven itself but the the particular one that's in in that one like it's, it's actually very light and it's not really suited to the off-road work so I, I carry spare shock absorber bolts it breaks those quite regularly um I, i'd say if i looked underneath now there's probably one broken with a shock just kind of dangling in the, in the breeze there that's that's one of the it's a, that's probably the worst aspect of the truck just for the kind of work we do what else it's got uh, yes like i say euro 5 cummins isx euro 5 engine that's rated at f- uh, 580 brake that, that's a 15 litre engine you could probably set them up to a bit more but the uh the challenge is with the with the um with the high temperatures you know the, the more horsepower you're mm-hmm. running the more stress your componentry is under so that's uh that's that's the optimal level that they set them at what else is it going to think about yeah we're running uh super singles on the on the steers tensed all around whereas on the trailers we have the spiders uh, it's got a secondary um, ice pack air conditioning system, which is like a diesel engine, which which gives your air con like so pretty expensive, but really really worthwhile investment. Yeah, it's got it's got a little do- a little donkey a little engine. donkey engine. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Someone told me that there was actually they brought in a rule that any trucks working uh, in the north of Australia by law ha- have to have you know a secondary um, air conditioning system like that. But like all all of the trucks in the fleet have them, and especially when you're par- you could be parked up somewhere for you know a few days waiting. It means you can get in out of the mm-hmm. get in out of the the heat, and even at night time when you have cattle on, even if it's not that cold, I just sometimes turn on the little engine just to drown out the noise. But they're invaluable, aren't they? Yeah, because you yeah. wouldn't. I suppose the, the alternative is because they brought them in in Canada for the opposite reason to yeah. give you heat. Yes, and yeah. the, the little auxiliary engine. Because the other temptation would be that if you're boiling hot, you're going to sit and leave the truck. Well, running all night. exactly, yeah, and um, I don't think it's great to have en- engines idling uh, f- for long periods. So I think they're pretty expensive. It could be maybe like ten thousand Australian dollars, roughly, for the for that ice pack system. But when you give it over the course of the the truck's life, it it balances out. And plus, you know, with the driver shortage, I think it's you just you, you have to have them now. So the recognised brand is um, in in Australia is ice pack. There, so which uses um which uses a Kubota engine, but you know it'd be like calling it a, a Hoover, for example. And then I've seen Thermal King ones, which are, you know, maybe they are available worldwide. They've, they're a lot quieter. They've got a little two cylinder engine, um. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're um they're invaluable. The other thing, there was a couple of times I had to uh, when they fail, and I've left the the, the truck engine running at night time. But then you have the problem of uh, when it builds up air, it keeps blowing off air. So it's kind of, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not ideal, you know, it's better than, better than uh, like rolling in sweat. So so you reckon there's a, there's a driver shortage in Australia at the moment? 
think there's a driver shortage everywhere in the world, really, isn't there? Yeah, it's. Um, well, it's. it's a, I suppose it's a little bit less so in certain in certain areas because of the ongoing recession. But um, what's it like in in Australia? If somebody was looking to go and go, I want to go out and have a go at this. Is it is it a viable? Is it a viable thing for somebody yeah, to go and yeah, I wouldn't, uh, potentially go and work in Australia? Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't, uh, certainly wouldn't discourage anybody from doing it, but it's it's not uh, without its obstacles. So the first thing is your uh, work visa. So that's that's the big that's the big obstacle to get over. So um, I so they used to the easiest way to get in is if you're under thirty, and I they may have extended it now to thirty five. You can come in on a what's called a working holiday visa. Um, after the age of about 35 Dougie it, it, it gets a lot more complicated and you have to have unless you have you know you, you might have residency or citizenship from your parents something which not many people have it gets a bit more complicated but that's the first thing anyway is, is to uh, see wh- where you qualify there and secondly then um, if you already have we'll say a UK I don't know what do you, what do you call your, your maximum weight licence uh, I don't know in Ireland it's a Type C or something. We'd say now we just call it an Arctic license. Um, it can be a bit of a struggle to get that translated to an Arctic license. Would say what well, an Arctic is like a HC heavy combination in Australia, and then the max of the biggest one is a multi combination. So you know it's it's doable, but it takes a little bit of time to try and get that license swapped over. Some places they'll tell you no, we'll only give you a rigid license. You have to drive a rigid for a year, and then we'll give you the the HC. But um, I was able to I transferred it to. Uh, a heavy combination with the result I was able to immediately get a learner's MC and then just do an MC test anyway but um yeah there are I've, I've met a couple of um listened to or heard a couple of uh you know UK accents on the on the two way from every now and then and another Irish guy and that so um yeah anybody that's interested in doing it by all means Max out there because what's the, what's the weather like at the moment because it's winter yeah Australia. yeah we don't in yeah. the north so yeah you don't get yeah you're right down south it's winter and um so yeah. in the in the north you just get two seasons you just get dry season and wet season and now it's dry season yeah. so that's it just means that it's 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 more comfortable um we don't get uh we don't get the humidity but it's all it's always hot like they'll tell you you know at times oh it's just cold and you know at night time and this and that and you're just kind of laughing saying this is not cold you know like it Put it like this, I don't have a jacket, I don't have a sweatshirt, I don't need anything like that. Out in the desert, you, no, you get these yeah. kind of breezes, but nah, not, not. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, it's pretty much, it's, there's not much difference between what the weather is here right now and um, winter at the moment. It's been pretty dreadful in, in the UK yeah. for the past week or so. Yeah. We're just uh, we're just pinning our hopes on um, getting some decent weekends for truck shows we're finally being allowed to well, do in August. I was, keeping, uh, I was keeping track of that and I see that um, I think Gaiden has Gaiden been cancelled but then you're going to... Ha- Gaiden's yeah. been cancelled. Convoy's on but it's like sort of convoy light. There's not a lot of... There's trucks in a field and there's trucks racing around the track but there's not a lot of the other festival type stuff that they've got going okay. on but everybody's just glad to go ahead mm. that, that is going ahead at all so that's mm. a positive thing and do you but, have um, to have pre-entered for that or what's the story um i would recommend probably putting a truck in for it there may well be limited numbers i, I don't know yeah i wouldn't imagine it would be a problem but there, there could be limits and the donnington's that big you could never extend it be you you'd never fill Donington with trucks no you know? that's right yeah <laughs> so if something. you turned up yeah so it'd be interesting yeah. to see if because of the, there are very few shows on if many people will attend or will people mm-hmm. be scared off or will everyone go and I see all the mm-hmm. truck fest ones seem to be going ahead as well so truck fest going on the week after mm-hmm. it yeah so that's good and interesting yeah positive yeah. stuff yeah. I yeah. but I mean moving back moving back to where you where you are in Australia yeah and things obviously now you'll be pleased to know with the, in the next issue of the magazine the September issue which comes out a week on Friday which is the 31st no, no, no yeah it comes out this Friday the 31st of July yep. that issue comes out we've got six pages on your latest adventures in oh, Australia because right. um, yeah. I, I doubled up the size of Team Trucking Driver because I got an update from Glenn Flemington in one for Chris Madison so I just I doubled up on it and we've got extra pages in the magazine so you've got oh, six pages great. on yeah. that if you were to go and, com- if you're going to combine everything that you've done on these whole Australian adventures you could probably make like a kind of a bookazine on it I think it was that it's been yeah. that, that extensive an adventure and there's probably there's probably so much more you could dig into and cover because I mean Australia is the southern hemisphere because when you did you did an 
you did us an article about all the trucks in New Zealand yeah. and what a huge variety of stuff there was over there. And it's maybe not quite as diverse in Australia, but you do have this really unusual mix whereby you've got European trucks and American trucks together. So you obviously, you, Kenworth's a big a big brand that's like the top brand in Australia for like heavy haul trucks that's right yeah Kenworth have have held that mantle for a while but in in the past few years um, Volvo have really been closing the gap and now someone will contribute is that Volvo is that Volvo with the FH or is it with the VN the bonneted one no well Volvo won't bring in apparently this is a story they won't bring in a VN or a VT into Australia because they already have Max a Volvo or Mac are the one company so if you want to as their cab over, they have Volvo. For their bonnets, they have Mac, and that's what you buy. So that's that's uh, they well, have that covered. But I, I think it would be still quite cool to see a to see a VN uh, trundle mm-hmm. down, especially on a lot of the um, you know the kind of line haul stuff that, that um, with with the big sleepers. A lot of a lot of those guys do two up, so I think it'd be quite they'd, they'd fit in quite well. You never know. I mean, I haven't I not that I haven't seen any being imported that I know of. But um, it would be cool just to see no, something else they, in the mix. Uh, maybe they don't do them in right-hand drive markets. I don't no. know. What's, what are the Mac? What are the Mac offerings that you get? Because they had that big. You get the Mac Granite, don't you? And you get the Mac Anthem. They had that new thing that looks like it's made out of Lego. Yeah. So they're the yeah. So I think the Granite is like a construction-based smaller one. I wouldn't really know much about those. And I know you're you're right about the other one. The um, the, the anthem is that what you call it that's the new one that they have yeah, coming it's out good, yeah square, it's good big square right yeah square i remember seeing about that so the big ones um at the heavy end of the market in in australia are the mac titan which is a legendary one that goes that goes mm-hmm. well back and the superliner which is probably goes for even further back so um they're available mm-hmm. you know it's the the um You've got the MP10 is the smaller Volvo engine and the sorry MP8 and, and MP10 that's you know that goes up to 685 brake with the with the Mac N drive but in in the days of old they're Volvo they're Volvo the, engines and gearboxes yeah right? more or less they're they have they have a lot of Volvo stuff in them maybe with the M drive is just the iShift yeah uh, I I think it, yeah but the the thing I don't like about the M drive I've driven a few is that you don't actually have a there, there's no lever. So you just get looking at buttons on yeah, the dash. I just don't like that. Well, you still that's curious because mm. that's an option for Vol. That's an option for Volvo in Europe, where you get the iSafe fuel package, and it's quite fleet spec. And if you look in the latest Volvos now, I've just put a video on YouTube driving three different uh, types of the new Volvo All right. on Truck and Drivers' new YouTube must, channel. Must look, yeah. Go and check it yeah. out. And they've redesigned the lever. And it's a I saw it. I saw a picture of it. Of the seat that you can still have. Yeah. Yes, that's, it's curious that Mac don't offer it at no. all because it's not it's not natural to be pushing buttons on no. the dash. You should be I, you I agree. to look for a lever yeah. at the very 100%. least. 100%. Now, I'm not sure if it's because... You see, actually, when you look at those um, those Mac cabs, like the uh, just the design, like the dash comes out a long way and the seats then are... like They're not Mac seats, like the... The seat will be, um, you know, like it'll be a, from a from an outside supplier. So like, it's not like they have their own seat mm-hmm. that they can mount it onto. So I don't know if that's something to do with it, but I just I just don't like it. You you end up leaving it in in um, in gear when you're parked. Whereas when you have that little lever, you always it's instinctive. It's like a gear stick. You know, you you, you always rattle the gear stick to make sure yeah, it's a new yeah, stick yeah. you put on. But actually, I did see that new um, that new shift on the on the on the Volvos. And I thought, wow, yeah, that it does look nice. And it's always it's always just been nice such way. a good system to use. So it's basically it's Mac and Kenworth are the main ones. You got like Freightliners yeah. or, or National. Yeah, Freightliners are there. Freightliners would be more. Freightliners would be the we'll say more economy end of the market. Still, still big trucks, mm-hmm. but um, they'd be more. Uh, so Kenworth, and, Kenworth are number one. Volvo are catching up, and um, who else? You've got Western Star. Like they'd be, you know, heavy end of the market too, but not really a huge, huge market share. Um, I think they're all, is it Penske? I think they that that own them now. But um, then Scania have actually Scania are the only ones that have come from a long way behind, and they've made big gains. So I think it's their retail and maintenance packages which are um, which are gaining them a bit of a foothold in the in the market and good fuel economy. Maybe are they up to are they up to Euro six now? Because there was not some, in Australia was lagging not, behind. I haven't seen any six 
Well, now there may be, but and look, the bulk of the new ones I've seen have all been six twenties, and even when I was in New Zealand, it was six twenties with um, the six fifties were just coming behind. But uh, just an interesting one while we're talking about Scania's is the. Uh, I noticed a lot of all the Scania's I was looking at, you know, whatever they were, 560s, 580s, 620s, and they were all, naturally they were hub reduction, or sorry, double drive, but a lot of them were hub reduction. So I was kind of wondering, like, just why are they like that on general haulage? And it was explained to me that um, the, in order, so trucks are rated, like, you can't just get a get a, an Arctic, let's say a prime mover, and just go out and pull three trailers. You have to get a certain rating for it. So you'll often see like 80 ton rated or 130 ton rated, which is the which is the biggest really for, for um, normal road use. And uh, in order to get that Scania, <laughs> yeah, Scania need to, uh, obviously, you know, you have your heavy haulage and all that, which is separate, but Scania, in order to meet that requirement, need to have hub reduction, whereas Volvo don't. So obviously there's a fair difference in, in the axles there. But um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting one. I'm always interested just to see the, the different specs and, and I'm all, always kind of curious, well, why don't they do uh, tag axles and stuff like that, especially for supermarket? You'll see double drives running around just with one trailer doing supermarket there. Yeah, it's like, see, yeah it seems crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, if, it's not, if it's not going off the highway, no, then why is it good to no, drive axles no, on exactly, it? exactly, yeah. That's a, but you see a lot of stuff, that, there's a lot of stuff there that um, you'd, you'd probably raise an eyebrow at. Like our, our trailers, for example, um, we're running, you know, drum brakes, Twin wheels, uh, spider wheels. Um, when you what's a spider wheel? So a spider is where you just have um, so you just have the rim with no with no sort of center hub in it at all, and that just you know mm. you sit that on over the hub and put on your little cleats. You've got um, six little cleats, and then and then um, put your wheel nuts on. Um, so the, the advantage of them is that they're an awful lot lighter because there is actually no center on the wheel. You know, it's just a just the outside yeah. kind of a rim. They're an awful lot lighter mm-hmm. to change. And uh, if you've, you've probably changed a super single on your own, you'll know that they're not much fun. And if you've got three trailer, three trailers of those, like you don't want to be changing super singles <laughs> too regularly. So, no, so with the other ones, and with the other ones as well, because you've only got, some of them are five, some of them are six studs, um, you actually don't really need to tighten them near as much as you do on a 10 stud. So you can just do them, just get out, do them manually with your, with your wheel brace and you can change one in, in the space of about 20 minutes. And also, of course, with, with twin wheels, when you, a lot of times you don't even know you've blown a tire, you could be driving along for an hour or two but you've always got one inside it or outside it to uh to keep mm. it going yeah so they're they're definitely good uh, you got to check that you're, you're not checking them all the time when you're stuck and yeah but yeah knocking the tires knocking, and banging the tires yeah and then the, the other big thing is like sometimes i'll i'll bang them and um if you've you know you you'll have a flat wheel i say oh, well i'm just not changing that here you might be parked on the you know you're on the dust and then maybe if the trailer's on a bit of an angle, you know the way all the we say all the all the effluent is kind of flowing out to the left hand side. So I said, nah, we'll just wait till we're on a bit of a, we're on a bit of a more level well, level hard surface before we do that. But uh, and then the other big thing is yeah, when you have to um, when you come into it, like if you, if you've been on, on a dirt road and you come into a town, you have to bang the dust off your rims, so so you're not leaving because every time you you stop because when the wheels are spinning, you know the, the the dust is trapped in there. But actually, when you come to a stop, you'll just be leaving big trails of dust after you everywhere you go. So that's that's the idea. You just go around and just a bang of bang of the rims, and a lot of the dust falls off. You just pull away then in a, in a cloud of dust. Then yeah, I agree. That's the reason why you've got so many wheels and tires on the thing is to spread the load. And I suppose in theory, if you do have one that True. does yeah. go down, it's not you're not going to be stranded immediately when it happens because the stakes must be quite high at times if you're stuck out there in the middle of nowhere you've always got to be kind of yeah kind of well prepared yeah. i'm not surprised to see that the, the trailers run drum brakes i mean right. the tipper guys in, in the uk and ireland and things are still mm. are still fans of drum brakes you can still spec mm. um well an eight-wheeler with drums all, right. all yeah. front and back on yeah. it uh, certain manufacturers, Scania will still do it because they like it because it's um, you, the dirt and dust. That's and right. Kind yeah, of that, that's, break discs and that's a big, t- dust and big thing with us is dust. And a regular thing is, you know, you maybe do a brake booster and um, just uh, cut the pipes and, and kink them and, you know, wind off the brakes. Or even there was a lately there, I wasn't, I hadn't been back to the workshop for, for quite a while. So where we were going, kind of from Halls Creek up through the hall, it's pretty notorious, the Halls Creek Hills, like they're just kind of short, sharp little hills so if if you get stuck on one um it's not it's not the end of the world but you certainly want to have brakes that are going to hold you there so i just climbed it just got underneath mm-hmm. with a whatever it was 916s and just went around and, and and adjusted all the brakes up so i said well at least you know a little a little small mess up doesn't turn into a big cock up so you tweak the brakes up yourself. yeah 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 just yeah yeah just wind just half a half a turn back whatever it is for 
four clicks and um just something else i thought of you'd, you'd find quite funny with the uh with the trailers whenever we go to hook up like it's just it's just three lines so you've got your your red your blue and your electric that's it there's no abs <laughs> there's nothing fancy makes it quite easy no there's no abs in the trailers no, no. some of the, some of those trailers are uh some of them in the fleet like the 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 chassis and that go up to uh, like they could be up to 40 years old but just really really basic heavy uh heavy designs that are suited to to the kind of work we do like you know it's all steel like we don't have any any aluminium in them and they actually we don't have uh, there's no annual test of the trucks or the trailers so it's all done it's all um self-accreditation done by the company and they have to keep a record of of their servicing and that but it's not like here you know you just bring a perfectly new trailer or whatever it's down mm. to a test center and have to go through the whole rigmarole of getting getting it tested that's that's in the yeah, in the remote so. areas, yeah, we just—it's all done in house. Mm-hmm. But not that, yes. Yeah, so there's not an MOT. No. Every, every month you just got to go and look after it that's, yourself. Well, that's right. the way that the way that the DVSA have behaved during the past few months with lockdowns and everything like that, and stopping all their MOTs, they're talking now about looking at that. And I do wonder if private companies are going to be allowed to go and start providing MOT services here. Yeah. I wonder. Might well ha- might well happen, but I suppose if you're self accredited, you've got to keep on top of it and things. Because if they decide to investigate exactly. you and things, aren't now correct, you, you can yeah, get that's it. And especially trouble. if when you're <laughs> such a big um, company like the one I'm working for, if you're a small guy, you probably fly under under the radar and and you'll be able to get away with mm-hmm. stuff. But when you're a big firm like well, that, because you were probably you were over the there was a period you were driving that flat roof Volvo. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. For a while, and now that so how many how many companies have you driven for? I, in I've really, to be honest, like I've been with uh, Road Trends of Australia f- since since I went out there in the very beginning. You know that was I started with them and back in two thousand twelve, and I and I've stayed with them. But because it's um, the job is pretty much seasonal. You know, it's it's really busy from March up until about November, and sometimes if if they have a really busy wet season, like I'll go up to Darwin and do some work there. But it gives you that bit of leeway if you want to. There's no obligation if you want to. You know. Take those few months off. We'll call them winter months, for example. You know, they're winter months in the northern hemisphere. If you want to take those few months off and go and do something else, you're um, away you go. You know, so I I did I drove for another guy. Uh, did a grain harvest down in um, just in the wheat belt of Perth. I did that in 2016, and then this year I just went and drove for the, that other livestock uh, transport company, Mitchell's down down in Perth. So it was summertime down there, and they were pretty busy. I just said I'd go down and and do three months and. Um, then my plan was after that was finished I was just going to do that New Zealand trip and then come back come back to Ireland more or less but uh, we just put all that on hold for a bit so that's that's how come I've ended up back with back with uh, Road Trend of Australia again so yeah I didn't really intend intend, but ever, anyone who had a job and, and was in employment you just for the last few months you were kind of happy enough and just stayed where you were yeah just yeah, st- yeah you didn't know what I'd be moving about no. you've got your full Australian citizenship now yeah you, don't exactly you? yeah so I can I can uh, come and go and I was a pleased doggy and, and the same for New Zealand as well well even as an Australian resident you can you can work in in New Zealand so they have a they have a reciprocal agreement between Australia and New Zealand like all the Kiwis can come over and work in New Zealand without sorry in Australia without having to apply for any work permits or anything and likewise an Australian can go and work in in New Zealand but uh, yeah, it's useful getting a bit of variety yeah so I, I, I um, I'm quite quite interested now to go back and, and do a bit in I found New Zealand was was fascinating I suppose I've, I've been in Australia that long it's, uh, when you go there first you know you're a bit wide eyed and, and everything is a uh, new adventure and wonderful but um, I wouldn't mind going back and maybe do a little bit in New Zealand and, and just getting behind the wheel of uh, maybe a Volvo or a Scania a high powered Volvo or Scania and, uh, well they've got uh, they've got even more variety there. Well, they've even got, um, yeah. I noticed they've got a you seen any of those Sino trucks, the Chinese things, which mm. is the MAN cab? Mm. The, the yeah, I saw a few of them. Yeah, yeah. I got really excited. I was, when there, I was man. traveling around, Andy, a friend of mine, I'd be, he, he was laughing at me. <laughs> How excited I got when I saw a Sino truck because it's just, I suppose it's, and it's not like they're just, you know, an 8x4 muckway or something like they're proper rigid and drags, whatever, doing up to 44 or 46 yeah, yeah, tons. Yeah, double drive Yeah, I don't, know, don't know much about them, don't know how they've been going or, but uh, no, they have, they definitely have a bit of everything over there. There's huge variety, so we'll see somewhere down the line. You know, it, it'll be quite nice to go back there for um, for we'll say you know winter time up north in in the in the northern hemisphere. Go back and do a few months down in uh, in New Zealand. Enjoy a bit of summer mm. down there. So, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. your plans are you intending to return back to Europe to Ireland yeah. at some point soon yeah fairly soon now uh, Dougie I'll, I'll head back and um, it's been a while 13 months it was last year 
Yeah, because yeah, I, I was at, stayed at yours, we went to fill out the pipe, and then that was your way. That's, that's right, over yeah, a year. it's been too long, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's just kind of but it's, reached the point now. That, are you going to have a bit of... Uh, are you going to have a bit of re- relaxation, a bit of chilling out when you get back? Yeah, that's... that's. Are you going to be straight no, in and go and find a, a V8 no, top line to no, drive? No, 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 definitely. I've spent more or less the last <laughs> 13 months, apart from those three weeks in New Zealand, uh, I've just been been on the go, so I, know, I just want to get, get back and chill out for a while, relax, and... Um, i tell you what, I'm actually short... Oh, but this time, by this time in the, of the year, I've usually got a bulging notebook full of phone numbers for trucks and things to go and mm. do, and that includes trucks in Ireland. We had so much great Irish content last year. Yeah. We haven't been yeah. over this year, oh, well, that's so I have to do anything. So I need to find some... You, you go, go and find I will. some there's Irish no, There's trucks. no problem. Well, I, I think I was saying that to there. I have a guy... He's a tipper operator down in the southeast, and he's running seven FH16 version fours. And oh, I put nice. it out there that I'm—I think that might be the largest fleet of version four FH16s, definitely in Ireland, probably in the UK as well. Now, mm. if there's anyone that can a- contradict me on that, go ahead because seven is—is is, that's, that's quite that's a few. A that's a lot. Yeah, it's quite a few. Mm. He's got six six fifties, six fifties. I'll say it again, and one seven fifty. Mm-hmm. So um, that's—I think that'll be. That'd be quite interesting just to find out because he was running before that. I think he might still have a five forty mm. just to see, you know, the difference and, and why he went for the for the the big power. Like it's 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 it's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So that's one I have on the on the in the pipeline anyway, Dougie, and probably a few more as well. That's good. Uh, well, it's good to have the flexibility. You know, if everyone starts going to shit in Europe and everything like that, you can just be like, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of here. exactly. Yeah, I'm going. I'm gonna go and live in the other side of the of the planet. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's half the idea. But you know, there's nowhere that, nowhere like home <laughs> at the end of the day, and it's nice to nice to be able to go back home there and, and spend a bit of time. So mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be looking forward to that as well. We'd be looking looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but the company. I mean, how does it work with the company Road Trains Australia yeah. that you've been driving for? Are they? I mean, you must have a, a good kind of relationship with them. They're quite an iconic company in they Australia. Are, yeah, so yeah. The, I do actually, yeah. So they'll be sad, but they'll be, they'll be sad to see you go. Yeah, well, maybe so. Yeah, don't know, but uh, we'll. Um, I suppose <laughs> I've been, yeah, you know, putting them first for for quite a long time, or putting work first. So um, it's it's time just to, everything changes and, and maybe move on for a little while. But um, mm. now I've been um, I've got a really good relationship with them and the guy. You know, all the all of the man- managers that are there, they're all guys that have done the job themselves and. And there's no there's no pen pushers there, so mm-hmm. um the guy that I work for primarily in Broome. How many trucks have they? How many trucks? So it's a big company, isn't it? Yeah. So just to give you a little bit of background, so two companies um kind of amalgamated, or what's it, well rather one took the other over back in two thousand five. So we'll just go back. So Road Trends of Australia, that's the that's the iconic one. That actually that was uh, started back in probably the sixties. So Noel Buntine, he was Buntine Roadways, and he started up in. Um, up in the Northern Territory, he was um, up around Catherine. He's actually from Alice Springs himself originally, but basically he was bringing, how the story goes, you know, he was bringing uh, supplies out to a station, Victoria River Down Station, and, and he backloaded with um, with cattle up to the Wyndham Meatworks. Now, he wasn't the first one. There was another guy, I think Kurt Johansson was the first one to, to make a cattle road train. But anyway, he Noel Buntine built up the... Uh, the business and he was instrumental in getting a lot of these um, so-called beef roads so these would have been just let's say dirt tracks and they, they got them paved and beef roads so they could move the cattle out at all times a year so anyway Buntine Roadways uh, he sold it to a guy his, his name is, escapes me um, didn't go too well from rented into the wall Noel Buntine came back again uh, bought back into it but this time it was Road Trains of Australia so it's still the same colour as green and white and he sold out then to a guy called uh, Dickie David, so this you know the company has changed hands along the way, but changed hands. But uh, Dickie David, then he's um, he was uh, fuel haulage. I think his son is still involved in fuel haulage, fuel trans. And then the next guy to take it over was a guy called Jimmy Cooper, who was a guy from New Zealand. And Jimmy Cooper already had a company called Bulk Haul, and anyone who's familiar with you know the the outback and that will know Jimmy. If the trucks were red with a kind of a cream writing and he had like six trailer combinations running off road with you know this powertrain where the the trailer was driven at his own power so he was really influential um very innovative guy jimmy cooper he brought in a lot of changes like maintenance so basically in the old days the guys were telling me what what used to happen was that cattle trucks they'd go flat out day and night during the dry season 
break, wreck everything, and then just fix it all again in the wet season. Whereas Jimmy Cooper brought in this maintenance uh, schedule. And um, so that's, say, say, a road trend of Australia. That brings us up to about 2005, 2006. Then on the other side, you had the blue and yellow, which was Hampton Transport. They came from down near Kalgoorlie. And uh, they were into Livestock College, Perth, you know, started expanding up Geraldton Broome and um, into Darwin. So what happened was there was, they said, you know, there was RTA trucks and Hampton trucks running sort of past each other. One was loaded one way and the other was loaded the other way. And eventually um, mm. Hampton Transport bought out road trains, road trains of Australia, kept the Hampton Transport colours of blue and yellow, which actually... Yeah, so the, the blue and yellow is the famous colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually the, the story behind that is if you go on the website, that was their first truck which they bought in 1979 was a Scania 111 and it was painted yellow and blue in the colours of the Swedish flag so that, that's actually the shades mm-hmm. of blue and they just ended up keeping it then so when when they took over Road Trends of Australia of course I presume it was such an iconic brand to take over they decided to keep the name but obviously yeah. put their own colours on it so you know some people uh, kind of lament the passing of the old green and white but um, the name is still there and I kind of like the like the like the blue and yellow colours. That's not to say you know the green and white is pretty iconic as well. And the they look great. Is it all is it all big huge is it all big road trains that they're on? Like all big Kenworths. They, they, you know, yeah. Well, or do they have like do they have like smaller kind of distribution trucks and things like the, that? So they don't do any um, what we call general freight or general haulage. It's all you know heavy sort of is either agri or it's, mi- all, mi- it's all big stuff yeah now when, when you go down to perth and places there are b doubles but it'll be a cattle b double or it'll be maybe uh you know tanker b double but it's yeah it's it's all it's all big stuff they, they did um general haulage for a while i think back in um maybe back in the 90s when they expanded into broom they had a freight run like back then they were actually running you know, they ran um scania 142s and 143s and I think they had a couple of 144s as well, but uh, that was the last of the Scania's. Uh, so with, with the, we'll say just the big cattle road trains, that the ones that have been writing about, the last count, I think they were maybe up to, they could have been maybe up to about somewhere around the 80 mark. So that's 80 full cattle road trains, and they were actually the largest livestock haulier in, in Australia. There's another company called Martins. There are yellow trucks down over east mm-hmm. who'd probably have more, they have more um, tractor units, but because they're only pulling B doubles, they don't have as many. Uh, the, their deck space wouldn't be as big. But anyway, look, it's it's you know things change after a while. I'm sure there might be new figures out, but um, pretty big company. And then they have um, on the on the mining side end of a huge, probably the same amount again of like side tippers, uh, quad ax, you know, quad trailer side tippers, and a lot of plant and heavy equipment, stuff that I wouldn't even know about. But it's quite funny. I went into the old yard in Kalgoorlie one time and uh, had a bit of a poke around. They're known not to throw anything away. And lo and behold, here was a couple of 142 cab shells and chassis and stuff just out amongst, <laughs> amongst the weeds. Yeah, so I thought it was quite cool to see that. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But um, they, they, they kind of buy a bit. Of, you know, Kenworth is probably the preferred brand, but there's Max there, Western Stars, and um, I think, you know, whatever whatever the value is on, that's that's what they'll go for. Oh, yeah, because we've had, um, what was it, we had another issue, oh yeah, we had that Real Iveco Power Star that you'd written about. I knew you'd like that. Uh, really, <laughs> really unusual thing, Whoa. that. That's, um, yeah, I was I, I was so impressed and I was I was so happy actually to get to meet that guy because I'd seen, um, you know when you just see something rare and you're like, God, and you never get a chance to catch up with it, so uh, I was I, it was like a st- stroke of luck when um, he happened to actually be pulling trailers for that uh, when I was at Mitchell's and um I probably was the only guy because and he, you, you could tell that you know the guy that looks after his truck so when it, when he started on his first day there the truck was like was, I thought it was actually it was almost like new so he was after getting the detailed tanks polished all that and of course I'm over asking him all these questions about it and he was a bit you know probably a bit surprised because in Australia in <laughs> Australia like oh it's not a Kenworth you know, pff, you know it's, lads wouldn't be looking at it but when he you know in that article explained what he what he paid for it in comparison yeah. to Kenworth and yeah I think it's it's quite a tough looking truck it was. I mean, listeners, that truck was in the August issue, Trucking Driver. And if you hadn't have seen it, it's basically, it's a big bonneted um, Iveco. Pa- this is nothing like Australis, like anything you've ever seen. It's uh, It looks similar to these big, tough Kenworths. And they made, 
they made hardly any of them, I think, didn't they? Yeah. The Cummins engine, Road Ranger, Com- Gearbox. Yeah, and uh, was it Rockwell or Meritor rear axis? I can't remember what I said. And probably Meritor yeah. or Iveco. Yeah. But having was said that, that, you know, such a different spec. Yeah. So unusual. Oh, so unusual. And so there was two of them set at, at the um, at dealership, and um, I think that one, it was. It, it, they couldn't sell it more or less like nobody wanted to take the chance on it and um this guy he bought it for we'll say r- just roughly speaking like if a kenworth is 450 grand like this thing came for i can't remember the exact figures but like 260 or 270 or something like he couldn't not he couldn't not buy it <laughs> so um and and uh yeah he's he's quite happy with it and you know the the probably the die hards will tell you like ah that thing would be no good off road wow 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 this and that but i mean a lot of the trucks run on run on the highway anyway and um the space inside it that was that was exactly. that was what i loved it was just having that kind of european refinement and it was pretty well the only thing was a bit unusual about it, the bunk was quite small for such a big sleeper and he that I bet that was the bunk from a, a high road that's why that wasn't a highway because of the narrowness of the cab yeah. that's like the small oh yes that'll be the bunk from the ah. that'll be the bunk from the smaller cab i've echo a bit you're 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 really showing showing your true colors now dougie you know all the different uh cabs mm. specs of the interval no mm. I, that's that's interesting i didn't know that but um and he was thinking about um you know maybe extending and making it bigger but uh it was quite funny when i went inside he, the, the thing was already spotless and as you know with truck drivers mm. when you get in they'll tell you oh it's not that clean it's a bit mm. dirty and you're thinking no no it's spotless but mm. there was a pack of cigarettes up in the dash and he said well i moved <laughs> them said no leave them where they are they're perfect <laughs> Yeah. so uh, no that was that was quite I've only seen one other of those in, in Western Australia and he pulls a set of um, what they call belly dumpers they pull uh, yeah you know, the bottom dump things bottom yeah, like you get them in Canada yeah, yeah and it's quite cool it has a couple of camels just up on the on the on the top of the cab you know just that kind of um, camel train kind of thing And but I've never caught up with that guy so um, they're they're really rare and I think they look they just look great with that big square bonnet mm-hmm. on them Echo Power Star. They do a fine looking truck. You can start. Well, mm. but, but then well, well worth checking that issue of the magazine out. But you won't be able to get it. It'll be off sale by this point. But there's some pictures of it on the website anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just anything like that is different. But then, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're. You know, it's, it, they found it really hard to crack into that heavy end of the market. And they're, they're even though they're, you know, they're smaller. Iveco's and they probably don't too bad, do too badly on the smaller end of the market. Like the, on the big heavy end, mm. I, I think they. Um, they may have given up and now, to the best of my knowledge, you wouldn't see them. Yeah. You'll be coming back to Europe at a particularly good time for new trucks anyway, because when all the nonsense started with the coronavirus at the start of the year, all the truck launches got cancelled and delayed. So towards the end of the summer, we've now just got the new MAN TGX coming out and they're pushing the, they're pushing the 640 version of that. All right. Quite hard. I'm I'm going out for a test drive, in the following week, and they've got a six forty and a five ten for us to drive, Lovely. and that's getting that's getting really good. Yeah, well, I got an initial really good write up an impression of it. You've got the Iveco S way, which is finally going to appear in right hand drive form. Yeah, and you've also got all these amazing new Volvos, which I was fortunate enough to drive the other week. So you've got a whole there's load lo- there's of, lot of stuff yeah. to go and try out. And it's quite interesting. I, yeah. I read about the. Um, in a New Zealand magazine, I read the, the report about the the MANs because you, you you could look at them and kind of dismiss them and say, "Ah, oh, sure, they haven't really done much." But actually, I think all of the as far as in all the changes that have made, different. completely different, under, uh, underneath the skin. Yeah, the the, the interior looks amazing. Mm. They've really pushed it up like a couple mm. of levels. So it'll be interesting to see if they if they've managed to like sort of nudge their way into Swedish territory. That's right. Yeah, um, and just and that, kind of vo- I think the new Volvo. Sorry, I think the new Volvos. Um, look excellent my only concern is that volvos have had the worst headlights of any manufacturer i've known for like going for going back to the mark twos the mark threes even the mark four i had the version the version threes i don't think were good version fours are all right yeah tend to think they were quite sensitive to bulbs older older volvos i remember driving v2s and threes and if somebody would put cheap bulbs on it the only you needed to put like quality ones on it and drive them the only thing was very easy to change them though when you just you know, open the door, mm. screw, um, mm-hmm. screw out that little knob in comparison to Scania where you needed to get your whole toolkit out and spend a half an hour deciding the side of the road. You, tell you what, you'll else, there's a new 540 Scania as well. You'll have to try and, you'll yeah. have to try and get out and about. Well, and, inter- and interestingly, yeah, because I see a few have, have come online in, uh, in Holland and I'm just guessing, because to be fair, like they do pretty well. That Scania six-cylinder, like it has a pretty good reputation. And um, mm. I was I was saying to, uh, I, love, I like kind of teasing the, 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 the Scania 
fanboys back home and say, there's your new, that's, that'll be your new truck now. It'll be 540. You won't be getting a V8, you know? And uh, one of the guys mm. said, doesn't matter. He said, if they bring out a thousand horsepower, uh, six cylinder that does 700 miles to the gallon, he says, they'll still be buying V8s in Ireland. I said, you know what? You're probably right. The, the, well, there's not much of a price difference between a 520 V8 and a 546 cylinder. Well, I know what I'd be picking I anyway. Was in, I was in the, I was interviewing a chap um, the, for the next issue, and he'd just did the 540 on trial and yeah. walking floors. And obviously, it was a brand new truck; it hadn't run in, but it wasn't doing any better on fuel than his V8. And yeah. there was like eleven hundred kind of a difference. What you're going to buy? And um, um, I would imagine the the 540 will do well for the folk that just that, um, that well, you're probably fair bit lighter, uh, fair V8 bit lighter than, than the V8. Yeah. Those 520s don't Definitely. really have a great reputation in general in terms of pulling power or reliability. So it can't be any worse mm-hmm. there, really. And um, I'm sure Scania have sat down and looked at it. And I mean, I know a lot of those 520s in Ireland had to go back and get full rebuilds on them and that. So, um, yeah, probably looking at, you know, the popularity of the 540 Volvo and six-cylinder. So, um, well, yeah. There is, eh? I mean, the da- I mean, your DAF, your five. Th- everybody buys a 530 DAF now. You know, the 480 is, is yeah. broadly, that's like a fleet truck. That's I heard it's the one to go for. Yeah, although in... Um, yeah. I was looking at for some reason secondhand dafts in in Holland, and uh, a lot of them seem to be down on like the four sixties kind of lower powered ones. But Holland, they never really go. That's because there's no hills in Holland. No, That's I funny. know. Yeah, I don't know why you see big power <laughs> there. It? Yeah. But um, yeah, the interesting. Sorry, just going back to the Volvos. Just that's what I meant to say was um, I just kind of struggle to see how those little narrow slits in the new ones will actually be able to give out much light. Because it'll be it'll be LEDs. That's why it'll be like high strength okay. laser projector okay. like well, things. I, I hope. I, hope I think that there's a, there's a lot more technology in them. Yeah. Um, have a quick look at my videos on YouTube, and you get a, a quick tour around each of them on there. Yeah. But they've uh, they've improved all the all the little bits and pieces of the interior. They were like, oh, that could do a tweak here. Well, that's there. the thing with Volvo. Like they, with all they, of it. I've always said every Volvo you sit into, like if it's just even if if it's a minor minor upgrade they'll always do little nice little features just oh yeah see they fixed that just a little extra little cubby hole mm. or sorted something out like they're always they're always up there with um er- ergonomics yeah, we done, call it done well with that aye so i mean and i've got some uh, i got some interesting news today as well from me on the driving front as well well um what's the story i'm i'm gonna drive in next week i'm going to work uh to do so in a scania r500 uh, next gen yeah with with a manual gearbox on Woo! it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> how did you swing? That? How did you swing that? Or where did they pull the that from? Was, uh, the place where my Foden lives, up at Rocks Off Gravel. Uh, Scott Milieu runs a few trucks, and he's bought it in to replace an older one, a ninety right. two thousand and nineteen R five hundred tag axle or manual box. And I was oh, I like that. Gives yeah. a shot. Gives a shot. So he phoned me then says the driver's gone on holiday for a few days next week. Do you want to go out and do some work in it? And I was like, yeah, I'll go in then. I couldn't yeah, really say no, no to that. Uh, what's, is it before. a so, Highliner or normal cab? No, it's just a non- normal roof yeah. one. Um, yeah. It's not like the flat, flat roof. It's no. just It's got the little spotlights yes. on it. Um, well, that'll be good. It'll be interesting so to hear I'm, I'm, what your I'm what your curious to is. drive a brand new truck with, with a manual, manual box. Yeah, and just it's getting harder and harder all the time for you, isn't it? Because yeah, exactly. those are cabs. Yeah. I actually, um, I, mm-hmm. I kind of echo um, Chris's uh, view on those. Like they're not too bad looking from the side, but some of them from the front are terrible looking. It depends on the treatment on them. Exactly. It depends what size wheels you've got yeah. on them. If you've got depends what way you have the grill, the grill painted into the black grill on them. They don't look too bad, but um, that looks quite smart actually. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear yeah. what what your opinion is on the um, on the, ta- the tag axle it. setup versus. Um, I'd like to do that. Like if if you could do a identical trucks and do a tag axle versus a midlift setup in terms of drivability yeah, I mean, yeah it's mostly the majority of what i've ever driven has been a midlift yeah. when i've had tags i've quite liked them i've been like found them really maneuverable so yeah i've been doing a bit of builder merchant kind of delivery work and things and the, the well rear steering trailer so it's not mm. going to be sitting in the motorway all day by any means so be interesting to see the quite figures looking for, quite looking forward to that and how many of those manuals they would have sold in comparison not a lot no. it's, a, it's a proper niche that it's it a is. niche thing now yeah. but Scania and DAF are the only ones that really do a manual so um, yeah. they must pick up like they probably sell like a couple of hundred a year and I do wonder how long it will go on how for how long yeah will, will, um, it, will it continue yeah I, we'll, I'd like to see we'll be sitting in, I'd like to think that it would but um, 
I'd like to think so just, for people who want yeah, them. Just but, for a bit you know, of a change. Truck manufacturers. Yeah. It's, the, it's a pain for truck manufacturers. It probably is. To That's right. Now. Yeah, it probably is. And and well, I was actually looking at uh, something for sale in Italy the other day, and it was a version one FH twelve four sixty. Do you just look at trucks all over the world for sale? More or less. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one was it. I, I tell you what was unusual about it. It was a four sixty, uh, but it was Geartronic. Version one. Oh, the very yeah. early one. Yeah. Not, not even an eye shift. Not even an eye shift. Well, I presume it, well, it was an auto. Because I know they had Geartronics on the on on the last yeah. of the the F tens and twelve. So I just looked at it and I thought, yeah, now a proper curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would be. Yeah, that's right. Because the first the ninety four, the first Mark um, Mark one mm-hmm. FHs were Geartronic. I just thought that was unusual. Do we want to do we want to mention your secret project? Is it still a secret? Are we going to talk about your new well, truck? We might. Well, we wait until I actually. Um, until I go, until I get back to Ireland, and I yes, and and I'm on the way to picking up just in case anything major happens in, in the meantime. But um, yeah, we'll just maybe keep it. We'll do that then. Paul's exciting project. Exciting project. Yeah. Finally, like finally branched out and actually bought something um, rather than just going around and, and writing about other people's ones, which I'll still do as well. Mm. But um, just yeah, looking forward to going to a few shows with it and. We'll leave yeah, it road runs and things like that. Go out and bit yeah, of, bit of driving. Exactly. Yeah, that'll be good. Exactly. Yeah, that'll be good. So I guess the next time uh, I'm speaking to you, you'll be back in fresh, rainy, cold Ireland. Ireland. Uh, that'll be nice, but a lovely change. Non-dusty Ireland. Non-dusty Ireland. Well, I was just saying when I when I started <laughs> when, we, when we started off the <laughs> podcast, I was going. You know, I was saying to Tanya about those uh, those long nights where you're just going along and it's and it's heat and it's and it's dust and you're getting all those problems you're actually yeah you're just looking forward to going back and you know what the weather i just people ask me about the weather in ireland i say well in summertime the rain just gets a little bit warmer <laughs> that's but, <laughs> but that's fine but that's fine by me bit of change always keeps you keeps you fresh so yeah we'll be looking, oh, looking forward to that Dougie, and and going out and okay. getting a few new you've actually to be fair now you've you've um you've printed a fair bit of the southern hemisphere stuff and couple of scanning articles and that so um we'll try and get a bit of stuff from from, from yep, over from ireland the, as well when we get back there brilliant yes yeah, so i say in this year that comes out on friday we've got six pages on that we've got a four page feature on the australian company called denmark college and we've got some new zealand stuff's appeared from you as well for the next issue so ah, yes plenty there great plenty there keep us busy thanks for sending it all in not a, not a problem at all and um oh, hopefully nice. we'll do uh well I'm, I'm listening to the podcast uh, regularly it's a great way to pass the time yeah, well, we're, going, we're alternating between getting more serious when I was I'd interviewing Martin Tomlinson and Morton Cullimore and then we've got the ones that I've been doing with Chris which have been getting increasingly silly because we record them on the, we record them in the evenings when I've been on, yeah. I've been on, the, on the booze. So. Yeah. Ah, well, it's, the, <laughs> it's a, a broad mix it's of a broad, it, it's a broad a, mix of content. It's, it's a broad mix, but um, no, it's, it's, it's entertaining that... Um, the Morton Cullimer one, I actually enjoyed that. That was quite interesting, just to hear, hear yeah, from Hollyer's point of view. Yeah, yeah. looking to get some more Hollyers on there. If you're a Hollyer listening, please do get in touch. We'd love to go and get, get you on, give some insights, talk about the business, uh, life, trucks, all that sort of thing. Yeah, do it. Cool. All right. Thanks very much yeah. for your time, Paul. You stay safe, and I'll see you when you're back in the country. 100%, Dougie. Talk to you then. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.